1: This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey
2: everybody, and welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I hope that you're not superstitious, because this is episode number 13 of our weekly discussion about anything and everything soaps. Now, if you are superstitious, fear not. I promise you there's nothing unlucky in the next 60 minutes of the show. Well, then again, if you count the love life of my guest, Alter Ego, maybe there is a little bit of unluckiness there. But romance aside, for the past 23 years, my guest has been known to daytime viewers as Legal Eagle, Jackson Montgomery. And while his character has dealt with the typical soap opera drama and heartache... He continues to share his wonderful sense of humor any chance he gets. And more than that, he devotes his time to raising funds and awareness for charities across the country, including an endowment fund that bears his name. Please welcome to the show, Walt Willie.
3: Boy, Dan, I don't
2: know if I can possibly live up to all that. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for dropping by. Now, from the minute that folks found out you were going to be a guest on the show, there. are well, one, there was really only one thing that they wanted to say, uh, and it's, welcome back to all my children.
3: <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, you know, it's like I said at the Broadway Cares event. Um, when I when all my children and I parted ways last June, I really felt as if I'd been separated from my family. My family of almost a quarter of a century, because right. remember, I, I worked around there as an extra and under five and day player. I was Adam's jet pilot, Palmer's limo driver, and, <laughs> and, the, and the Mater d' at the... Uh, Oh gosh, what was the name of the restaurant? I'm sure, I'm sure your listeners know, at the, uh, Chateau. So I've been around there for a quarter of a century. I thought, well, gosh, there most to my family. Then when they moved to Los Angeles and didn't leave me a forwarding address, <laughs> i thought <laughs> it was really over. And then, uh, you know, they reached out and brought me back to the fold, and I, uh, I couldn't be happier.
2: So, yeah, it was very strange. One day, Jack just sort of had some sort of, uh, nervous moment and said, I'm out of here, I'm going
3: to Europe, and he was gone. Well, I think, you know, Jack being the most reasonable person in Pine Valley, I think once in a while he just needs a break. <laughs> <I think laughs> it's just, it's just, just get away from it all, Dan, for just a little bit. You know, it was a very interesting time for me because I've always said publicly that as far as I was concerned, I could be taken out of Pine Valley in a pine box. I had no desire I, I, to leave. I made my Choice in terms of my career a long time ago. I mean, my dad, God bless him, worked for forty-five years swing shift in the coal mines and glass factories of Illinois, and I know how fortunate I am. And uh, you know, maybe maybe my reach didn't exceed my grasp enough, but I was thrilled and happy to be a part of the you All know, My Children family for all those years, and really fully expected to, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe naively fully expected to retire there, you know. And so when this happened, it was, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a shock for me, but it did give me that six months where I set up a community theater in my hometown of Ottawa, Illinois, okay. and our first production was The Odd Couple. Oh. Uh, Joe Larson, who plays Opal, Absolutely. on the show, joined us as one of the Pigeon Sisters. Uh, my best friend, since we're three years old, Kim Howard Johnson, the well, I guess you could call him the official biographer of Monty Python and one of the uh, Improv Olympics uh, members for a long, long time, played Oscar, and I played Felix. And it was a huge success, and now my, my little hometown has a community theater again. Three months later, I got to play Oscar Madison, uh, the opposite number, <laughs> uh, in uh, an equity show down at the Surflight Theater in Beach Haven. New Jersey, where I had a beach house for years and years. So, you know, in that six months I got to play Felix and Oscar. I mean, it was, you know, uh, and do just tons of comedy. And I got out to see the fans a lot. And uh, so it, it was an interesting six months. I think, I really believe, Dan, that everything happens for a reason. Oh, definitely. And I think the reason for me for this was maybe shake me out of my complacency. One, and two, remind me why I got in this business in the first place. And I gotta tell you, you know, working live like that in front of an audience, producing, uh, I mean, I literally did the, uh, did our programs. I mean, I literally built the ads and paginated the program and did it all on Photoshop. And I mean, I really, it was the hardest I'd worked in a lot of years. And, you know, the outcome was fabulous, uh, this year. Uh, looks like we're doing our second whole lace. And, uh, I will tell you that I've got a couple of people from the show that I'm talking to about, uh, coming in to do it. So hopefully we can get them, uh, signed and in, in place and we'll have, uh, we'll have another great, uh, great July, end of July production there. So very exciting stuff there. Um, good. But I am glad to be back and I'm certainly glad to be in Los Angeles. You know, I always said, Dan, that I, I didn't really want to go to Los Angeles to look for work, but if work took me there, I'd be happy to go ahead and stay in the, beautiful 72-degree weather and oh, absolutely. Uh, try to figure out career moves from there. And I thought maybe that that, uh, that that possibility had kind of come and gone. And, you know, you just never know. You never know. Next thing I know... Uh I'm out here working on the show.
2: Well, as you said, everything happens for a reason, and something you that have I to find... believe
3: that. The only other thing you can believe is that God is crapping in your open mouth. So, you know, given those two choices, since you can't prove either one, better to pick that there's a reason for it.
2: I uh, will we'll go with with that one. The thing that I find interesting that uh, from reading, you know, everything that uh, has been put out in terms of biographies is that it doesn't look like acting was really on your radar in the very beginning. You. Uh, I want to say, majored in fine arts or sculpture in college, and sort of
3: found acting later. I think actually that's that's almost true. I think I think first of all, all biographies are packs of lies. It's, it's more or less true. I wrote
2: mine too. Really so you're think, absolutely right.
3: <laughs> I wrote mine too, and then I had somebody really write it for um, me. I think that uh, the truth of it is, I think I always wanted to do this. But the way I grew up, and it was a wonderful way to grow up, don't, don't get me wrong, it was, it was Mayberry RFD in a lot of ways, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, small town, Midwest, uh, everybody pretty much worked at the same factory. Um it was from a time and place that's pretty much gone, I think. And, uh, I've got nothing bad to say about my childhood except that, I don't know where, I mean, I was watching television from the time I could stand up in the crib in front of the TV, And I don't know, I guess I thought actors grew on trees or that, you know, they were all from someplace else or that not everybody could do it because it never really crossed my mind that I could make this choice as a vocation. I mean, it wasn't like I was going to go find a job, in like a a serious job. I was a sculpture major, for Pete's sake, so it's not like I was thinking about my future in any way. But then I started to do plays in college. And then after college, I got called by a kid who had been a student with me who was now on faculty there at Southern Illinois University. That's how long had passed. And he said, you know, we're wow. doing the passion of Dracula. We need a Dracula. Would you like to read? You know, I've got this <laughs> job as director of sales administration at this manufacturing company. I'm making, oh my God, 12, 13,000 a year. I don't know that I can take time off at night to go do this. Yes, I'll be there. <laughs> so I went, I read, and I got it, and I guess I did probably, I don't know, eight shows in the next couple of years, turned 30, and thought, gosh, I don't want to turn 40 and, and not have tried this, hmm. so packed up all of my meager possessions and moved to Queens in New York and uh, started, and that was, I guess, around 81 or so, I mean, I guess, and had my first contract in daytime in 85 on uh, Another World. Where they hired Ving Raines uh ah, yes, to play Hitman. Ving's a great guy. I love him. I mean, we, it's not like we keep in touch, but we do run into each other uh, now and again. And of course, his career just absolutely exploded.
2: Well, as you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, the role that you first had on All My Children isn't the one that people would think. I think they tend to think that you were, are, and will always be Jackson. You had a, a bunch of other parts. So how did you find out about the role of Jackson? Did they remember you and call you back or was it something that you had to go through and
3: audition for all over again? You know, I, I uh I can only tell you what I've been told and I cannot uh I cannot stand by the veracity of this, but this is what I've been told. Okay. Um I uh I was doing a day player role on uh on all my children. Uh I was playing a cop and uh and I had already been cast as the fourth incarnation of Joe Novak on Ryan's Hope, but I was maybe six months away from starting. And so they—they they, right in the middle of the tape day, they said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't—we can't. Whoa! We just got a call. You can't—we can't use him. He's going to be starting on Ryan's in six months. We can't use him this way." So they had to give you know my twenty pages of dialogue to some other poor guy. You know, uh, just before we went to tape, it was horrible. Then I did Ryan's and. uh was let go from Ryan. Um, And I don't know whether the only screen test that I ever did for all my children was, it was one of those things where they were trying to hide the role by giving the character a different name. But I believe it was for Jeff Martin. And Hmm. I didn't get it. And the guy who did wasn't around there long. I don't know whether that was because of him or because they just didn't think that the (laughs) character had a place at that point in time. But then I was sitting in a, in a, um, in a, uh, a, little green room area waiting to audition for a thing on Lifetime, I believe it was, called Our Group, about a therapy group. And I called my agent to check in, you know, and her name is Honey. And, uh, and I said, hi, honey, I just called to check in, and she said, oh, Jackson Montgomery. And I've got a pretty distinctive voice, Dan, and I thought, gee, my own agent should maybe (laughs) recognize my voice. And I said, no, honey, this is not Jackson Montgomery, this is Walt Willie. She said, no, you're Jackson Montgomery. I said, honey, whatever do you mean? And she said, well, all my children want you to play Jackson Montgomery. I said, great, when's the audition? She said, ah, you don't have to go to the audition. I said, oh, great, when's the callback? She said, you got the job, you start in six weeks. Now, supposedly, uh, Megan McTavish has told me that she conceived of Jack <laughs> uh in the bathroom. Uh she was, I don't know, sitting, standing. I don't know what she was <laughs> doing. I, I never really wanted to hear the detail of that. I, I, I I'm gonna assume the worst and hope for the best. Okay. Um, but she uh she thought Travis needs a brother and evidently I don't know whether it was because of my stint on Ryan's hope, which I don't think it lasted over nine months. Um, or whether it was because of the screen test that I'd done, but whatever it was, or whether it was because they were sick of looking at me, uh, tired of watching me run around in the background, and just wanted to give me something and get it done with. Uh, I don't know, but well, uh, next thing I knew, I was uh, working as Montgomery. The that's interesting 23, thing, it is and it's you know, years I now. this phone call before I got this audition, before I went in to actually do my audition. I didn't care about this job at all. So, of course, I got that job, too. So, so I had a nice little tune-up fight, so to speak, on our group. They did 13 weeks there and then started, uh, started on All My Children.
2: Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about All My Children. We're coming into a break here. So keep it tuned for more from Walt Willie after the break here on Soap Central Live.
1: are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want a dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm Dan Kroll, and I am joined by... Walt Willie from All My Children. Now, at right here show, I am. And, and there you are. You know, at the top yeah, of the show, I, I mentioned that your character has sort of been uh, unlucky in love, and it's usually been at the hands of Erica Kane. So what is it about Jack and Erica? The two characters have been intertwined since pretty much the very beginning of your run on All My Children.
3: You know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a good question. I've... I've Susan and I have have often sat and postulated, you know, why they go that way, and then they back off. And we we've, we've chosen to believe that because it's something so good, because it's something so rich and wonderful, they feel like they can explore it and then walk away, and they can always come back to it. So that's that's been our answer. Uh, we think it's just so good they don't want to wear it out because you know, Dan, that happy couple equals death in daytime, and. Uh, I think What'd that, I uh, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, you know that. I mean, of it, it, these shows are about sturm and drang, but I think, you know, oftentimes, you know, all my children's brightest moments are uh, when there's, of course, humanity and humor. And I will say that Susan Lucci is one of the best comedians I've ever worked with. She's a fabulous actress, but she mm-hmm. handles comedy so well. And I'd like to think that I do too. And we have been, you know, for years, pitching, not officially going in and bothering the writers, but just saying it loud enough for anybody to hear that wants to, has access to the microphone feed. Um, you know, Nick and Nora from The Thin Man, um, you know, uh, his gal Friday, uh, even Moonlighting, you know, those wow. kind of situations between man and woman where there's respect, but they give each other a lot of guff, and their snappy patter, and history, and clearly love. And, boy, Jack and Erica fit that bill like crazy. And all of a sudden, since I've come back, uh and I think that's only coincidental, but since I've come back, I really see, you know, uh they're doing that. They're writing stuff that I, Susan and I were talking the wow. other day, and, and I think people watching lately and who are going to start watching uh and watch for the next few weeks are going to see things that we feel are really some of the best stuff that has ever been written for wow. Jack and Erica. And I, we've had, uh, you know, more fun than we probably have a right to. I mean, the fact <laughs> we're having this fun again, paid all this money is probably not right. We're certainly going to go to hell for it, but that's where all my friends are going to be anyway, so it doesn't scare me at all. But I think that really some of the best stuff for Erica and Jack that we've ever, I don't mean in the past 10 years, I mean hmm. ever since the beginning, Wow, that's you know. I mean, this amazing. genre is about history. This genre is about legacy, and I think this show kind of forgot this for a while. Definitely. And I think you know, I think this show is back. I think this show is is revived. I mean, I think you know, moving here and uh, getting fresh ideas, and it's kind of a it's kind of a fresh start for us. And I think it reflects in the show, and it certainly reflects with the amount of fun we're having. i got to tell you, we've got some stuff coming up this week that is just classic Jack and Erica plus. And I don't think it's any better than that.
2: No, it's, to me... If say so myself, Dan. No, you're, you're absolutely right. To me, it's sort of like the show is, is finally giving back to the viewers and saying, thank you for watching. We're going to give you really what you want, what you deserve.
3: You know, it's very interesting. I was at dinner... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, all by, by my lonesome, uh, at a, at a restaurant here in my neighborhood in Los Angeles. And there were two women in their mid-30s or so with their backs to me talking to their, one of their husbands, uh, about, you know, saying, grandma, 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 all my children, grandma, all my children, oh, me too. And I finally thought, you know, I, mean, I was sitting literally 18 inches <laughs> away from them. I said, you mean your grandma watched this stuff? And they turned around, and, oh, my God, there's Jack, and blah, 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 and invited me to their table, and we talked for quite a while. And here's the thing. If you want to grow a new audience, of course we do. Of course, the way you grow a new audience is the way we've always grown it, by keeping the people now who have been watching for 30 or more years, you keep them happy, you keep them coming back, you keep them viewing. They will bring in the next generation, as has always been the case. Oh, I agree with that. People watch me. Oh, my grandma watched. Oh, my mom watched. Oh, my auntie, who used to babysit me, watched. And that's the way we're going to continue to grow a new audience and keep the one we have. The people who are now, you know, empty nesters with expendable income and brand loyalty. Right. This is exactly the audience you want to keep. And I think finally the show is seeing this. The show realizes this is so. And we're doing it. And I think it's great.
2: And not just giving back to the fans, but also using uh, some of your celebrity to give back to causes and charities. And I know that next month you'll be involved again in the 12th Annual Soapfest down in Marco Island, Florida. I know you've heard yeah, kind of, of that. Yeah, it's
3: a great event. Really great event. <laughs> I've... Sorry, so, uh, go ahead.
2: No, I'm just, uh, it, it's something that uh, I, I know that you strongly believe in and it's very close to you. So can you... Tell some of the listeners a little bit about what Soapfest is.
3: Well, sure. First of all, let me tell folks to go to soapfest.com. They can get their tickets there. They can find out all the information there. It is Saturday and Sunday, May 15 and 16, in Marco Island, Florida, which is a barrier island. If you don't know it, it's just outside uh, southwest of Miami, and it's just paradise. It's beautiful. Uh, So it's not too tough to go. You know, for me, Uh, I think there's 20 plus actors. this year um... you know the the problem with getting me involved with something Dan, is that i always think i can do a better job than whoever they have to (laughs) which is i'm not proud of that but i really like to host things and i really i really try to do a good job and give it all my energy so I'll be hosting again this year. I'll be hosting the evening and the auction and all that stuff. I've become an auctioneer. I guess it's my white trash hillbilly background. I, I seem to be able to auction things. I guess I went to enough farm auctions as a kid. I must have picked something up. But, uh, again, you know, a great time. Uh, a lot of actors there from, uh, Guiding Lights, mm-hmm. from all my children, one like to live. I know Torsten Kaye, who never goes anywhere. Uh Absolutely. I dragged him down there last year, he and Susan Haskell and their two lovely daughters and they had a great time. Oh good. And uh, they're coming back again. And that's that was a major coup for me because Torsten, whom I love like a brother, he don't like to do anything. So to get him out and get him <laughs> all the way down there have a good time. I'm very proud of that. Of course he's and love him and he loves the fan. Uh oh, so okay. it's it's just a great time. You know, we have a uh dinner with an auction. Uh, on Saturday night, and then, uh, Sunday there, and then there's a a bartending event after that, so it's actually two events on Hmm. Saturday, and then Sunday we do the big cruise, uh, and it's just, you know, it's a bunch of actors, a bunch of fans that shove off, watch the dolphins, follow the boat out, uh, what a way to spend the Sunday afternoon.
2: absolutely, and it raises money for very good
3: causes. Absolutely. You, You know, Saturday we get the, you know, sometimes God whispers in your ear, and you know, with Lily being autistic on the show, and my son was originally diagnosed with Asperger's. It's a it's a diagnosis that we question now uh, because they moved uh, moved Asperger's around on the autism spectrum so much. Like, now they've taken it off, so we don't quite know what's going on with him. But he turns out to be a, a genius, so touch it doesn't matter. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, clearly I was supposed to be doing something with autism. And so on Saturday morning, the actors go and paint these wonderful paintings with these autistic kids and adults. And then we auction those off across the weekend. So it's just, and to me, that's really what it's about. I mean, that Saturday morning thing, like I say, I love the fans, but painting a picture with these kids. um, That's what it's all about. It's a great way to start the weekend to just remind you why you're really there.
2: Now, if you can believe it, we only have about a minute to a minute and a half left of the show. But before we completely run out of time, I want to let fans know that you'll be back on stage doing some stand-up on,
3: uh, I believe it's April 9th. Absolutely no, I'll be back on stage at a comedy club doing some improv with the house troupe uh, at the Acme Comedy Theater, which is on North La Brea Avenue in Los Angeles. Uh, they can visit Acme Comedy. That's Acme, just like on the Warner Brothers cartoons, ACME. <laughs> com for you tickets uh it's um it's called the um uh unscripted Hollywood dream role and they bring a celebrity in a couple weeks ago when I went to see it it was Kate Oh <laughs> I didn't know I was on that list but <laughs> it was Kate O'Keeffe and I go in and I pick the movie I want to be in whether it was jaws or aliens or you know, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, whatever the classic thing is. And then we do a version of that with the house troupe. It's on a live feed on the Internet. I went and saw it. It's a great 99-seat theater right on La Brea. And uh, it was so much fun to watch. I can't wait to do it. And that, of course, is this coming Friday, April 9th. That.
2: Uh, and, of course, if people also want additional information, they can go to your website, willyworld.com.
3: That's right, because I will be back east the 23rd and 24th of April. I'll be at the Mohegan Sun Casino, uh, April 23rd, doing my stand-up, and someplace else that I somehow not don't have in my head somewhere in Connecticut, uh, also on uh, Saturday night the 24th. Oh, Brad's going to hate me for that, but I, I, I just can't remember what it is. I've got all the screens up on my computer I can have up at one time.
2: Uh, well, I want to thank you so much for dropping by, Walt. It's been a yeah, pleasure. It was my
3: pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on.
2: We'll be back with more. On Soap Sub- Central Live after the break.
4: News. News. Opinion. News your voice counts, call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com.
1: Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than soapcentral.com. Every day, soapcentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, soapcentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow.
6: Once upon a time there lived three energy hogs. Now an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage.
7: Let's look for leaky windows, said the
6: first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swings <laughs> set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelt a clever girl named Dreddylox.
4: I open as leaky windows,
6: cried right, the first energy hog.
4: I open as leaky doors!
6: cried the second. I hope it a bathroom. cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But dreadylocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public
4: service message
2: brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council.
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. The things that go on behind the scenes here at the show are simply amazing. Uh, but we have another guest. And, you know, I don't even know how to begin describing my next guest. You may know her from her work on Capital, The City, or as bad girl Lindsay Rappaport on One Life to Live. But she's a best-selling author, a motivational speaker, the star of a hilarious hypnosis stage play, and an entrepreneur with her own line of cosmetics. This weekend, she'll be helping people with a life makeover from the inside out. Please welcome to the show, Katherine Hickland.
8: Dan J. Kroll, how proud <laughs> am I of you for getting this show going and how
2: great it is? Oh, thank you so much and thank you for being a part of it. I love, uh, last minute surprises.
8: Oh, I love it too. I mean, I'm simply driving around and, uh, and I get a text, you know, <laughs> I, and, and it's, it, and if you want to be on the show and I'm, well, if you, if you want me, I'm in the car, I will absolutely be on the show. I, I'm so thrilled because, you know, I have my, my, uh, live internet, uh, uh, interactive uh, makeover from the inside out tomorrow.
2: Let's let's talk about that. Either people think of a makeover in terms of you know going on on a talk show and getting some new haircut and makeup and new clothing, but that's not really necessarily the way to make a full change.
8: Right. Well, you know, uh, this is the cool thing about the internet and the where and the state that we're in today with technology is tomorrow. I will be live, streaming live from the Internet, and people will be able to watch me do this makeover, um, and I'm going to be teaching really cool things in the first half hour,
7: hmm. and
8: that's the outer makeover, and then the second half hour, I'm going to be taking questions about life. I mean, you know, I, I am a mind coach. That's what I do. That's what I love, and um, people can call in and ask questions about just about anything uh, that they want to and we'll figure everything out, you know, because that's really what it's about, is getting to know yourself and and uh, shining a light on the stuff, and, and that's what my radio show used to be about. So now I'm just taking it up to the next level, which is going to be where you can watch and ask questions at the same
2: time. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask a question for you. The thing that I've noticed about you is that you always have a very positive energy around you, and I know that, for some people, it may not be that easy, uh, maybe in terms of not knowing how to pay the mortgage or losing a job. And you know, how is it that you get to a point where you can not let that bring you down completely?
8: Well, you know, I have been in that position where I couldn't find a job and I couldn't pay my mortgage. And I have, I do know what that feels like. And um, I do believe that ha- happiness is a choice unless we have, um, if unless we're diagnosed with, uh, you know, clinical depression. Um, it's so important. It's more important than, any, than ever is when you can't pay your mortgage and you can't find a job, it's more important than ever than to get in the positive zone because nothing happens when you're in the negative zone. Nothing good happens. Let me put it to you that way. Things can always get worse, but we want to make them get better, and the only way we can make them get better is to stay in a good, positive mental attitude. Um, spiritually and mentally, and so um, you know it 's just a it 's a perception um, issue really it 's not i 'm not going to say oh it 's the easiest thing in the world, but once you wrap your mind around it um, it it becomes clear that it 's a better choice, and things are going to change they will get better they're they 're not going to get better if you don 't get there.
2: And that seems to be a common thread. I know that a little over a year ago, you released a book called "The 30-Day Heartbreak Cure,"
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it's the same sort of message there. You know, you can sit at home, you know, eating potato chips and feeling bad, or you can, you know, get over him and back out there, according to you, one month from today.
8: Or her, get over. Or her. her. <laughs> That's right. You're over him or her. Um And you know, let me say that that uh, I wrote that book with the principles of hypnosis, and that's if people are on their own if i had if I get a hold of people in person, we can make this happen a lot sooner than thirty days and that really? just goes oh yeah, this just goes to show you how much in the head everything is I mean everything starts begins and ends in the mind, and the way we look at things and the way we're perceiving things and the way we process things and and our filters that we look at life through. So yes, when I work with people one on one things happen real fast. Um but with the book, I mean thirty days it's not a lot to ask. Uh and tomorrow, you know, we'll get we'll cut to the chase on a lot of stuff when we get past the makeover portion on the makeup side, which is really gonna be fun and we're having giveaways and we're, you know, doing things and of course it's my first one, so there'll be all kinds of glitches. Uh, I'm sure, but we're working hard today at at the studio to make sure that doesn't happen. If it does, we'll have great fun with it.
2: (laughs) Hey, I think that uh, just the the very idea of giveaways and special codes and and whatnot, that's enough to get anybody to tune in uh, and pop over to catcosmetics.com.
8: Yeah, if you just go to catcosmetics.com, you'll see a little video on the home page, mm-hmm. and you can press play, and it'll and it'll say, hey, this is what it's about, and it says sign sign up, and you can sign up there. It's free. It's absolutely free. It will always be free. Uh, but inside the program that's on tomorrow, we will be give, having giveaways. We will also have special uh, codes that will entitle the listener and viewer to, you know, a huge percentage off when they if they want to shop there in the future. Um, and it's it's really going to be fun. But my favorite part of of all this is of course the mind part, you know, the healing, the 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 fun, the you know. I I love that. It's it's really what I love doing.
2: Well, there's actually in terms of that, the the phone lines have lit up. There's someone who <laughs> Has called in to talk to you, and it's Isaac from South Dakota. So let's see if Isaac is there.
8: Are you there, Isaac?
2: Isaac, where are you? Oh well, we'll have to move. Am I? Am I here? Oh,
7: there you are. You There's are Isaac. Hi
2: there, Isaac. Welcome to the show.
7: Uh, I just um, uh, wanted to say that I. Uh, I worked uh, many many years uh ago um uh at CBS and I remember what a pleasure uh and how friendly you were and and uh when when you worked on um and forgive me if I'm wrong did you, you worked on um Capital uh, over there yeah. at, at CBS Television I City I did.
8: Isaac, what what department were you in? Were you a, by chance in security?
7: No. No, as a matter of fact I think uh security uh uh no, I actually worked on um uh Archie Bunker's place. I was uh uh across the hall and, uh or wherever they put us and uh I uh often went to visit the set of uh of uh capital and I just remembered what uh what a pleasure it was uh speaking with you and uh, the, how friendly you were And uh, along with the rest of the cast Of that show uh, Which uh, uh, which I miss I mean it's been many many years That it's been off the air But it was uh, definitely a fun fun show With a, a great cast Like uh, uh, you know the late Carolyn Jones and, and then Marge Say I think uh, Took over Carolyn's role after uh, Carolyn uh, Carolyn passed and uh, I just wanted to say uh Wanted to say hi and thank you for uh, for the pleasant memories.
8: Well, thank you so much because, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I There was a, also an Isaac that worked in security that I used to play practical jokes on all the time, so I thought maybe that it was you, but I do remember that show being um, across the hall from us along with Mama's Place and all these other, you know, um, great shows. And I am so happy that you have a good memory of me because... We are going back now, um twenty, uh, twenty-six or so, twenty-seven, twenty-eight years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, thank you. That's what this you. show I...
2: is all about. It's about bringing people together. So thank you so much for calling in, Isaac.
8: Isaac, have a great life. I'm so happy to hear from you.
2: Do you, uh, do you have vivid memories of working on Capital, or I mean are they oh, still oh yeah that was my
8: really my favorite show because I mean it was uh, it was a magical time the 80s in television and the way things were done back then and especially working with John Convoy who was just like um the, the king you know of, of beautiful things on television
2: hmm. hello I think we've lost our caller temporarily. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to a break ahead of time, and we're going to get Catherine back on the line after the break here on SubCentral Live.
4: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. It's VoiceAmerica.com.
3: What I Want to Be When
4: I Grow Up by Johnny Mike. Dad,
0: it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer, and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council.
1: Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series?
4: For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman, Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. Forget what I said at the top of the show about that unlucky number 13. We are back, though, with Katherine Hicklin. She is on the line. Hopefully. I'm back. There you are. So I, I'm still here. I'm
8: not <laughs> touching anything. To, all I did was pick this thing up, and we were off. So I'm not touching anything.
2: Okay, so you won't touch anything, and neither will I. Now, before we left for the break, uh, we were talking a little bit about capital, but, of course, there are... A lot of people who will remember you from one life to live
8: yeah that, that, that was really a special you know tenure for me, absolutely.
2: now, the question that I've gotten the most in just this few minutes that you know I find out that you were going to be a guest on the show is the same from almost everyone. Do you think that there's a chance that Lindsay could ever return to the fold
8: well, you know. I I haven't seen the show in such a long time and you know I get but every day I get on Facebook I get asked that all the time and um you know I I know they're bringing old old characters back I see you know what they're doing so mm-hmm. you never know you know that you really don't you just never know but but it would be fun I don't live in New York anymore so I would have to you know commute, right. but um you know, there's it's I'm glad that she's in prison because it's kind of kept the integrity of the character, you know, not to have had some horrible thing happen to her off camera of course. you know, or that or that she went up to get her skis out of the bedroom and
2: <laughs> get back
8: downstairs. You know, like <laughs> that's a totally
2: different thing. soap. <laughs> <laughs>
8: exactly. But um but yeah, you, you never know. You just never know. And you know it's people just, are they have to they have to be inspired and um and so that's how that works, you
2: know? And, and people are still talking about Lindsay. And, and here's just one of the comments I, I've gotten. Uh, it's, it's very hard to play a good girl. It's much easier to play a villain, but a loved villain? Katherine Hickland has played a loved villain brilliantly. Lindsay was the only person who could push Nora's buttons. And that is from the lovely Hillary B. Smith. Oh,
8: when, when did she write that?
2: She sent that in. Uh, she said that in an interview that she and I did a, a little bit back. Uh, but I mean, she obviously and fans too, of course, loved the, the frenemies. What do we want to call it between Lindsey and That's Lindsay a great Nora. name,
8: frenemies. Yeah, we we were well. And you know what? Actually, I don't remember how long ago it was, but there was a time that we were really like like a hot couple, like 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 you would see a, a super couple between. Yes. A, Anne and a woman and we were kind of like a a super couple, two women together. We were very proud of that because uh, I don't think Lindsay would have been nearly as effective or as an amazing a character as she actually was Um, if it weren't for working with Hillary Smith because she's just so phenomenal and she's so talented and we just loved each other and still do love each other so much, you know, and and so you, you you when that when you have all that stuff going you can't really miss out on the chemistry. Of course. Um so so the, it's so nice of her to say that and I and I feel the same way. I mean, I wouldn't have had that great character if it hadn't been the fact that I'd been paired with such a fantastic actress to work with and of course everybody else I worked with on the show over those 11
2: years. Right. Now, there are, there are two other questions. One is something that I've been posing to everyone, and fortunately uh, I completely forgot to ask Walt Willie. but what's your favorite flavor, jelly bean? Um,
8: you know, I'm really not a jelly bean girl, but oh. I'm, a peep, I'm a peeps girl. Okay.
0: Yes.
8: Yeah, I'm Good. a peeps girl, and any color peeps will do, but the <laughs> pink ones are always best, and I'll <laughs> eat them every Easter until I get sick, and then I don't eat them for a whole year.
2: You know, you can keep them, and they don't go stale if you keep them in a nice, cool place. Uh, I have vintage peeps from two years ago that I'm breaking out this year.
8: Oh, my God. They get, get, get a good bottle of champagne for those because that's just crazy. That's <laughs> fantastic.
2: And the other question I have for you, in between, you know, uh, television appearances and writing books and, and uh, stage plays uh, and the hypnosis and in cosmetics, when do you find time to take a nap?
8: Uh, I don't nap. I absolutely do not nap. I I don't, never have. Uh, I I sleep much better these days. Um, I know it sounds like I'm doing a lot, but this is nothing compared to when I was doing everything and I was on the show. When I was on the show and I was back in school for the last five years, you know, when I was studying hypnosis. (laughs) And, um, you know, I'm really the queen of relax right now because when you hypnotize people, that's what they do. It's a super state of relaxation. And I can do that for myself. So that's really good. Um, and it's really nothing compared to a soap opera schedule. I mean, for me, it's really easy. I go and I do a show and it takes me a few hours and and I'm done, you know, with my with I, what I do now. And soaps, you know, there's a long days and long hours. So my life is actually a lot easier now. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, you mentioned a lot the, easier. You mentioned the hypnosis, and I know that for a lot of people they think hypnosis is something they they saw in a Scooby Doo cartoon or, or Bugs Bunny and that it isn't really real. Yes, and I've seen it I firsthand. Know. I've seen it.
8: Did you see my show when I was in New York? I did. It's yeah, a good time right. for I everyone. Yeah. Well, what did you think?
2: You know, I'm a believer. Uh, you know, you go into something and and you have these these reservations and you know you and I, I saw the video, I saw it firsthand, and certainly there's there's something to it, but from you know the the comedic aspect of it, there's actually a, a clinical uh, aspect of it that has real world results
8: oh gosh yeah i mean i do I do practice clinically, I only do it with uh, referrals i don't. Uh, practice uh, with strangers um, just because of needless to say just security stuff but um, I work with some incredible cases not just smokers and weight but very serious stuff that you know it's it's incredible I mean it, it really is it's amazing and stage hypnosis is also amazing although amazing for different reasons because stage and clinical hypnosis work in two different ways um, there you go and The thing about hypnosis is um, if you can sleep, you can be hypnotized because it really is that place that you pass through on your way to sleeping or on your way to waking up. It's that place where, you know, you feel kind of not here, not there, and all the great ideas you have come to you in that state, and if you don't write them down, you forget them, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have many of those.
8: Yeah, that's trance you know, that's a trance state. So when you're hypnotized, you actually aren't sleeping because if you were sleeping, you wouldn't hear the things that I say. All I'm doing is putting the critical mind to sleep. I'm putting your conscious mind and bypassing the critical factor and going straight to your subconscious mind, speaking to your subconscious mind. This is why we are able to regress people and we take them back to a time and Uncover uh events that really cause them to behave in certain ways hmm. uh and and those are the behaviors we want to change and that's and that's how hypnosis works it's really not voodoo or anything else and it's just like anything else um it you know depending on who who's doing it it, it can be a very great thing and um and I'm very passionate about it because I've seen great things happen for people and including myself but It's also fun and entertaining when you see it on stage because, of course, it's a little more silly.
2: We only have about, if you can believe it, 30 seconds until the close of the show. But I also know that you have hypnosis CDs that people can purchase.
8: Right. Stop smoking, lose weight, and spiritual connection, uh, reconnecting through prayer. I have that. And, again, um, go to cat. C A T Cosmetics dot com to find out how to log on for tomorrow morning's show. Absolutely. Uh, for me, and you can also find out about the uh, hypnosis CDs there. And God bless everybody. I'm so glad to have been here, Dan. Thanks for having me.
2: Thank you so much for being here.
8: Ah. Love you.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. And I also want to thank Walt Willie for being here. Of course, you can check him out every weekday on All My Children. And for more, min- uh, for more information about his involvement in SoapFest, head over to SoapFest.com. And for more information on tomorrow's life makeover from Katherine Hickland, visit Katherinehickland.com or the preferred site, CatCosmetics.com. I'd also like to thank everybody out there who's been listening. Be sure to find your way back here next week, the same soap time, same soap channel. Until then, I'm Dan Kroll, signing off for another edition of Soap Central Live.